Welcome to day 318 of Shaped by the Word. And Paul Camp here with the Kreskis and the Camps. So mm-hmm. Cindy is here and Matt is here and Katie is here. David Keefe is off at Padre Island posting a lot of things on Instagram that uh, really makes us think he's probably not walking with the Lord in this precise moment. Uh, but we're <laughs> sure that there will be good forgiveness and grace in our coming to him. Uh, when he returns, we continue you know, our journey through the Gospel of John, and John you know, picks up on some nuances and the exchanges between you know, Jesus and the teacher of the law and even the observations that the people have about Jesus you know, that are not you know, present in the other Gospel in the same way that they're present you know, in the Gospel of John. And so uh, you know, the teachers of the law have been questioning Jesus' heritage, and now Jesus turns a table on them and, and questions you know their heritage they believe that they're children of abraham they believe that they're you know following moses but uh you know jesus says the way that you're responding to the one who is truly sent from the father uh reveals that that you have a different heritage altogether Mm -hmm. so that's where we pick up as we pick up uh you know in the middle of uh or this is chapter eight right all right in the middle of chapter eight (laughs) so let's begin in verse 31 but before we do uh let's pray uh, Matt, do you mind praying for us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together in your word, and, and we do pray that you would be exalted uh, as we read, as, as we discuss, as we reflect. Um, but Father, would it be more than just an intellectual exercise or, or um, a short discussion about um, the things contained in, in your word, but would it be um, something that, that transforms us, um, that captures our hearts, um, that we continue to reflect on? God, use your word uh, in us. Thank you for... Mm-hmm. Um, the means to be able to, to read together as your body. Um, God, would you glorify yourself among us as we read? It's in Christ that we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. John chapter 8, uh, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We were Abraham's descendants and never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you that what I have seen in my father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We're not illegitimate children, they they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from God. I've not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you were unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, here's what what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I'm not possessed by demons, said Jesus, 
but I and my Father, and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. This exclaimed, Now we know that you're demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away through the temple grounds. This is a face-off for sure. Uh, this is, well, more than, more than that. It's such a beautiful revelation of the Father in, in the person of Christ. And, of course, you know what Jesus is saying or the claims that he is making for himself are so deep and so theologically, mm-hmm. you know, rich. And, yeah, of course, I, you know, you love that final statement before Abraham was. And I purposely left out the, the word that the NIV interjects before Abraham was born. Mm-hmm. Before Abraham was, I mean, just two simple words, before he was, I am. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the I am statements in uh, you know John are pointing back to God's revelation of himself whenever he told Moses go to Pharaoh and say I am has mm-hmm. sent you mm-hmm. and, and so he's identifying with the power and the presence of God and not only the power and presence of God but uh, the salvation of God you know that was brought in the first exodus and of course this is a new ex- exodus a mm-hmm. greater rescue you know from the slavery of sin mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. To, to the point, you know, of this passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems like that really got them worked up. I mean, they were already kind of worked up, but that was like the last straw, right? I mean, <laughs> they were ready to kill him right there, mm-hmm. then and there. But in God's sovereignty, he was able to slip away. Yeah, again, you have that you have that theme of God, you know, protect, you know, God protecting God per God and everything happening not in their timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not in the disciples' timing, uh, but in the Father's timing as mm-hmm. Jesus submits himself to do the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. And then you have the the picture of um, being set free and being enslaved by our sin and this whole idea is seemingly a new a new image for them or maybe just something that they they've never really heard put that way but it seems like they don't really quite understand the whole idea of being right. slave to sin and what a crazy statement <laughs> we have uh, never been slaves to anyone their entire history is a history of enslavement yeah you know they uh, were enslaved you know uh to the egyptians uh, they were enslaved you know to the assyrians to the babylonians to the greeks you know to you know to the you know to the romans uh, because of the theme of exile, you know, they had been disobedient, you know, to their covenant with God, and uh, they were given over into the hands of their enemies. So they, they've been physical slaves, but not only physical slaves, Jesus takes it to a much deeper level. You, your real problem is not, you know, that you're under the thumb of Rome. You, your real problem is that you're under the thumb of your own sin. Mm-hmm. Their slavery, their physical slavery, 
was often, if not always, a result mm-hmm. of their spiritual slavery to Absolutely. their sin, right? Because mm-hmm. you see it as often a consequence throughout the Old Testament. And, and Jesus had told them, um, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Of course, they were missing the fact that he called himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And mm. I find often even today that is a phrase that's hijacked. You know, we kind of have people always say, oh, the, you, the truth will set you free, but... Mm-hmm. Um, we, we speak of what we do not know. No, well, he is you know the, the truth. <laughs> and, and of course, that's what he is saying as yeah. well. If you knew the Father, you would know me. Exactly. And so he's he's talking about truth not as an abstract, you know, set of you know uh, syllogisms or mm-hmm. you know propositions. He's talking about the truth as a an incarnation mm-hmm. of uh, you know of God and who he is. So mm-hmm. he's talking about truth not in an abstract but in a deeply personal way. Exactly. And so knowing the truth is not having a, a few correct facts in your head about the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing the truth is being in a deep personal relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're beginning to see an emphasis that you know is going to pop up more and more in John that it's receiving his word and obeying his word. Uh, you know, if you said if you hold to my teaching, mm-hmm. you know you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, it's uh, by knowing Him, by walking in obedience in Him, we go deeper and deeper into the truth. Right. And you're going to see this, you know, come to a climax in the upper room when He talks about obedience to Him and the Father revealing Himself to those who walk in obedience and embrace mm-hmm. His Word. You see that in verse 47, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. You know, that, that relational mm-hmm. aspect to, to all this, it's not just, hey, you know, propositional truths. And, and he even calls him back when he says, you know, you're, you're, if you were Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did. You know, you would, you would hear the promise and, and receive it and live by faith. And yet, you know, he says, you're doing what your, your father did. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they knew quickly what Jesus was accusing them of. There's a major difference between you and Abraham. Abraham heard the word of God and, and of course this is the argument you have between you know Paul and James. He heard the word of God and believed it and James said he heard the word of God and did it mm-hmm. and of course you don't it's yeah. not a real argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, and, and you're doing you know just the opposite. You're rejecting the word of God mm-hmm. out of hand. Yeah. You're neither believing it or doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when I read it, uh, this passage, um, noticing that first they say, our father's Abraham, and then quickly um, they say, we only have one father, and it's God. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> <laughs> trumpet. No, they, they, they could tell that the conversation is elevating just a, <laughs> yeah. d- just a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, you know Jesus is uh, you know Jesus bring him you know to a much you know, much higher level, mm-hmm. so they're claiming Moses and Abraham, and, and and obviously he's talking about the one who was the father of Moses and Abraham, mm-hmm. and so they're uh, they're kind of elevating as Jesus is elevating, and it is a interesting kinda, response. I was curious as they're claiming Abraham, are they claiming a tie to a rich um, heritage? I mean, is that kind of what what it, they're trying to you do? You know, is it's it's hard to, you know hard to know what they are claiming, but uh, you know, you know, John, you know, would say, you know, to them, you know, John the Baptist, you know, that uh, you know God, you know, God can raise up you know children of Abraham from you know from these right. stones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so obviously they they were talking more about a human connection than a deep spiritual connection. Right. And and we have the picture you know from Paul and in the. In the uh, 
uh, in the New Testament, you know, about the, the spiritual children of Abraham versus the physical descendants mm-hmm. of Abraham. And mm-hmm. you see that, you know, kind of tension playing out. So you have an early version, you know, of that mm-hmm. in, in the Gospels as well. They're depending on their physical heritage. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to live. I wish Jesus would have gone into more detail at times, right, where there you read something, you're like, man, I wish he would ex- elaborate a little bit more on what he's thinking there. But in verse 56, where he says, your father, rejo- your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad, you know, and, and just kind of all those things that, you know, were there moments in Abraham's life that, he, that Jesus is thinking of here? Is he just thinking of, mm-hmm. you know, Abraham seeing these promises held out, knowing that the Messiah was coming? And, mm-hmm. you know, and did he see it in the portrait of, you know, the sacrifice of uh, Isaac on the mount? I mean, wh- wh- where was it? And maybe it was throughout all of it. And, but these are just those moments, kind of like yeah. you know, we could that be on the, you know, the road. How, how, vague, how vague and how vivid. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. we, we do know that, you know, the promise you know, to Abraham was that all the nations of the earth would be blessed, blessed yeah. through him. And of course, the ultimate source of of that blessing, you know, is the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we do know that, you know, God promised Abraham that kings would come from him. And, and of course, the ultimate king uh, is this, this particular descendant of Abraham or the greater son of Abraham, uh, greater son of David, mm-hmm. um, and the greater Adam, you know, Lord Jesus Christ. That is an interesting tense there. Like you kind of want it or expect it to say he sees it and is glad or, you know, like maybe he sees it happening right now or something, mm-hmm. but he saw it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there's no doubt that God gave him, you know, somewhat a glimpse of where this, this was going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a question of how, you know, how vague or how how vivid, but uh, but in what he did perceive, he, he did rejoice that God mm-hmm. would somehow use him you know, as a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There really is so much here, um, so much theology that, like, I would love to just study. I mean, I could study this one chapter for a long time um, because of all the images that Jesus is using, but I don't, know. I don't have any other, like, insights. <laughs> I really just have more questions than anything else. Well, and I don't know that we'll ever, you know, have all of our, you know, uh, you know, the, this side of seeing him face to face. You know, Paul says we see, you know, through a glass dimly. Then we will see face to face. Then we will know fully, even as we are fully known. Uh, and uh, you know, we we do look forward to those days. But the glimpses we have are, in the same way, you know, very similar to Abraham's, you know, glimpse into the future. It's not as ours is far more vivid than his was because it's been refined in our understanding of the person of Christ. But, you know, Paul could you know, say of us, you know, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has even entered into the, you know, the heart of man what God has in store for those, you know, who love him. And John could say, you know, dear you know, friends, now we are children of God. What we will be has not yet been made known. And, and, and there's a lot of revelation about what we will be, but he's, he's saying the glory of what we will experience in, in Christ has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him mm-hmm. because we'll see him as he is. Mm-hmm. And so even though we have better vision than Abraham did, we still rejoice in knowing that the fuller picture is going to be even more glorious than what we can imagine mm-hmm. uh, or perceive. Cindy, do you mind closing us? In no, prayer? don't mind. Father, these passages in John are just so rich, and they can either bring great comfort or perhaps, you know, conviction or terror. 
But yet, Father, we thank you that you have provided a way that we do not um, or will not experience the condemnation spoken here and that we will not see death. Because, Father, we know that death is attached to sin and it's a separation from you which we will not experience if we believe in your Son. So we thank you for that incredible gift uh, that you have provided for us that we could do um, nothing apart from this provision, Lord. And it comes as a gift that we receive um, very humbly, Father. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.